Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Nice to meet you guys. My name is Edwin Botero. I oversee our movement students. Excited to get in the Word of God this morning. And um, also just wanted to do a little brief announcement real quick. Um, As many of you parents know, there's about four weeks left in school and the students know that too. (laughs) And they're super excited for the summer and we have Camp Orlando happening July 22nd through the 26th. Um, It's an amazing time of just growing in the Word of God, fellowship, and just like having amazing summer activities. So we have more information on that, and we'll give more announcements as the the summer begins. Uh, But just wanted to give that little calendar date for you guys, July 22nd through the 26th. And again, that information is also on our website, on our event page. I'm just going to pray, and we'll get into the Word of God this morning. God, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in our community. Lord, we thank you. God, that you are here in our midst. And we just ask, Lord, that you would just bless this time as we get into your word, Lord, that you would strengthen and encourage us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today's teaching, it's, it's for the underdog. It's for the hope that we may need and, and just that believing that God would kind of broaden our perspectives and different things. Um, if I had to title this teaching, it would be called Hope for the Overlooked. But it's a continuation in the series that Pastor Chris started with, I'm not, a, I'm not fine, right? And just really bringing definition and opening our eyes to different perspectives and how God can call us higher. And um, with that, I want to share, I, sh- I kind of uh, did a poll with the students a while back, and I was just curious, right? Because it's been a while since I've been in school. So I was like, hey, do you guys still play dodgeball in school? Like, how many of you guys ever played dodgeball? Raise your hand. Awesome. Okay, so some of you haven't, so it's perfect. We got dodgeballs actually in the lobby. We're about to play a round of dodgeball. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's an awesome game. For those who have not played, it's, it's kind of in the name of the game. Uh, dodgeballs, you're pretty much on two teams who are dodging balls, process of el- elimination, and you just hope that the odds are ever in your favor. Um, but it's a fun game to play, and I, I enjoyed playing that game mainly when you play with people you never played with, right? Because like, they don't know if like, you're, you're, you're like an elite eliminator in dodgeball or if you're just trying to dodge balls for your life. And um, it's just so fun because it's that whole, the whole reality that you may not know the individual who you're playing with, right? And so again, just kind of as we're gonna be breaking down this idea a little bit more of broadening our perspectives and, and really just believing for um, hope to arise in those who feel overlooked, we kind of wanna look through scripture together in this truth. And um, one of the things the Lord spoke to me early in my uh, faith journey with him is that revelation that God doesn't always call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. I'm going to say that again. God doesn't always call the qualified, but he qualifies the call. He's not up in heaven having conversations with angels like, man, I wish there was just like some more qualified people that can teach the word of God. I wish there was some more qualified people that can evangelize. Like, no, we see it throughout scripture, Old Testament to New Testament. God calls, God calls individuals and willing people rise up. They may not have all the answers, they might have all the tools, but they're willing to st- stand up and make themselves available to God. And I want to look at a few scriptures this morning. 
where God speaks with the purpose to shift paradigm, but also to encourage. And it's so important as we do this to remember that God is infinite, meaning he has no end. And sometimes when we study foundational Bible truths, we'll, we'll get deep into scriptures and we'll get a, a firm understanding and then we'll move to the next topic or the next idea. But God doesn't have a period at the, end of his, at the end of these revelations. God is infinite and there's so much he desires to reveal to us through scriptures. One thing that I wrestle with some, at times or wrestled with in the beginning of my faith journey is my name. My name is Edwin, which is translated rich friend. And you know, I'm just like a few billion short from Jeff Bezos and my net worth. So like, you know, I'm kind of like, Lord, what does rich friend mean, right? Like my name is rich friend. And you read in the Old Testament, New Testament, names had so much significance, right? So I'm like, what does it mean, rich friend? But again, this whole idea of changing our perspective, opening up our perspective to meanings and understanding that when, 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 when God thinks about riches, he's not limited to wealth and resources, right? It could be a biblical truths that are as, as, as valuable as gold, Right? And I like to think even um, you, you ask some entrepreneurs or successful businessmen, they'll tell you there's some biblical practices that they do in their businesses that really further them, right? That it's as good as gold. Again, riches, right? So it's, it's changing this idea. And for me, growing in that understanding of like, man, I may not be a Jeff Bezos, right? But God still has, has given me riches to share and to grow into that calling. And um, I want to look at a few scriptures. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Ezekiel 37. And just want to give some context to this chapter. So at this time, God's people are in captivity. It just seems like they just keep doing that. <laughs> they keep straying from God and then they get themselves in trouble. But they're in a state where there is just great difficulty. It almost seems virtually hopeless for the people of God to come out and be delivered. But in earlier chapters, God promises them that he will deliver them, right? And we see time and time again, God is faithful to his word. But the two difficult things that were happening in, in this specific moment is that the people were dispersed among their enemies, right? So there was no way for an army to rise up. There was no way for, for people to come together. And on top of that, the people of God were divided, right? So there was tensions among the different camps. And so they were just in a very hopeless situation, the people of God. And God is calling Ezekiel, a prophet in that day, to declare the word of the Lord. And I want to look at a few scriptures, again, in Ezekiel 37. We're going to read together. It's a, lot, a big chunk of scripture, but there's power in the word of God. So starting at verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit and the Lord set me down in the middle of a valley and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to the bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you and cause flesh to come upon you and cover that with skin and to put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. And I prof and so 
I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there was sinew on them. Flesh had come upon them. Skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, and they, and they may live. So I prophesied and he commanded them, and breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And he said to me, and he said, said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from, from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of, of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. We're gonna look at three more verses. I know it's a, a big chunk of scripture. It's a powerful chapter. Thus says the Lord God in verse 21, behold, I will take the people of Israel from the nation among which you have gone and I will gather them from all around and bring them to their own land. I will make them one nation in the land, on the mountains of Israel, and one king shall be king over them all. And they shall be no longer two nations, no longer divided into two kingdoms. They shall not defile themselves among with their idols or their detestable things or with any of their transgressions, but I will save them from all the backsliding in which they have sinned, and I will cleanse them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God." This is so powerful. And, and before I, I, I kind of get into the, the, the meat of the teaching, if you would, I want to acknowledge some truths um, that I understand with the word of God. And it's if we understand our purpose on the earth, if we understood that God, our creator, created us with communion in mind, we would live so differently. I was looking at that word communion. We have like a, an understanding of what communion means. But the, the, the beautiful truth is that communion is, is sharing thoughts. Another uh, definition for it is, is intimate conversation. Right? So God, our creator, he desires intimate conversation, communion with us. He doesn't need us, but he wants us. He wants us to be involved in his kingdom work as well. How many of you have seen the movie Narnia? Uh, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe specifically, right? It's been a few years. If you haven't seen it, I apologize. There's going to be some spoilers. I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> but um, this movie is cool. There's kind of a war that's happening in the storyline of the movie. And it's, 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 the setting is in this place called Narnia. And there's a prophecy that goes forth that two sons of Adam, two daughters of Eve are going to come and bring restoration to Narnia. And this war is happening already. Aslan comes he puts these two kids, these, these two boys and these two girls, and he sets them as kings and queens in Narnia, right? So they're leading, they're leading in, this, in this army, this war that's about to happen. They don't have any military strategy. They don't have any understanding of how to lead an army or, or weapons or what works better, the terrain of the environment. 
But nonetheless, God put him there in that position, right? Again, it's, it's like I said early, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called, right? Here's these individuals who are put into a battle and you start to see throughout the movie, they grow in their identity, they grow in their understanding of who they are. I believe in similar ways, we are those who carry the good news of God. Our mission statement here at our church, Horizon West, is good friends doing good works, sharing the good news of Jesus. I want us to consider this morning a few things that we can bring, ways that we could bring hope for the overlooked. First way that we can bring hope for the overlooked, just in observing Ezekiel 37, is partnership with God's desire. Partnership with God's desire. I love how in verse 3 of Ezekiel 37, God asks Ezekiel and he says, Son of man, can these bones live? Like, I believe that it wasn't a question like God didn't have the information, right? Like God knows all things. But he's looking at Ezekiel, this prophet, who's a, who speaks on behalf of God. And he's like, more than speaking, I want to see if you can capture my heart, if you can capture my desire of what I want to do right now, right? Ezekiel, can these bones live, right? Sometimes we'll look in a natural situation and we're like, how is there going to be any type of reversal? How, is there going to be, how are these people going to come out of captivity? Right? And God's, he's, he's almost asking Ezekiel, will you partner with me? Right? I know there's darkness. I know it seems homeless. I know it seems bleak. But can you partner with me and declare my truth? Right? And, and for me, I get this picture of like when, when, I, when I was reading those scriptures in verses 1 through 14, it's like it makes me think of like Lion King, uh, like this, this elephant graveyard, right? Just like these massive bones, dust, like it's just lifeless. There's like no hope at all, right? And this is the condition of God's people. That's what it was symbolic of the condition of God's people. But God's like, can these bones live? Can you partner with me, Ezekiel, in what I want to do? I want to encourage a hopeless people. I want them to know that I'm for them, that I'm not against them, that I'm not going to leave them in captivity. Can you partner with me? It's so important for us to consider, like, man, this is, this is a perspective, a challenge that God would give to Ezekiel. The second um, thing that I noticed here, that we could, the ways that we could bring hope to to those who are overlooked is simple obedience to God's word. Simple obedience to God's words. How many parents we have in the house this morning, right? How many of you love it when you tell your kids, you know, like, hey, um, kind of noticed there's like a, a cup, you know, that's been sitting in the living room for like a few hours now. You know, can you just like wash the dish or can you wash the cup? And their response is like, oh, beloved parent of mine, no greater joy would it be to wash these dishes. Right? You guys, get, you guys have kids like that that respond like that? <laughs> oh, it's a simple thing we're asking them. Like, and they're like, ah, come on, that's, that's not even my cup. It's, it's my brother's cup. We're like, dude, just, just wash it. Wash the cup. Right? These simple things, right? Simple obedience to God's word. Right? Simple, a simple challenge can change so much. We even see it in the scripture where God tells Ezekiel, he says, prophesy to the bones. And Ezekiel declares the word of the Lord. And what happens? He says, after he declares the word of the Lord, then he heard a rattling of the bones. So as he spoke, as he stepped out, the prophecy began to happen, right? The visual of these bones starting to get sinew, starting to get flesh. Life was coming back again because he came in, he partnered with the word of the Lord, but then he obeyed and gave the word of the Lord as he stepped out. 
You know, I kind of, I told this story to the students before just to encourage them, right? And so I'm going to encourage you guys as well. Um, so, you know, again, stepping out in simple obedience and trusting the leading of God. I kind of felt, you know, many of us, you know, when someone sneezes, what's the most common thing that we say to them? God bless you, right? And so, like, as, as believers, we capitalize on that moment. We're like, God bless you. God bless you. You know, we just want to like make sure like, look, I want to tell you about God. And so for me, I wanted to like, kind of like challenge myself because God bless you. It's, it's, it's a good thing to say, but saying Jesus loves you is like way more intentional, right? And so for me, I felt this challenge of like, I'm going to start saying Jesus loves you to people because that, that will invite a conversation and be more intentional. So I remember I was driving somewhere and I'm going through a toll in the 408 and I was like, this is my opportunity. You know, I'm going to tell this lady that, that Jesus loves her. And so I get my dollar out. I give her, she's getting my change ready. And I look at her and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just wanted to like disappear so fast. But it was like, you know, like I rolled up my window, just drove away. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. It's so awkward. But for me, it was stepping out in faith, right? I totally messed up. I totally was like, ah, I said, I love you. But I learned and I kept, I kept pushing myself. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep saying Jesus loves you. Right, because that's going to initiate a conversation. Who, who is Jesus? What's so significant about Jesus loving me? Why is that important? Well, let me tell you. You see, I'm saying that it just it changes the dynamic of us doing that. But we have to be obedient to step out, right? And and I was looking at this, and as Ezekiel stepped out, we got to see a change that was happening and, and the movement that happened at the word of the Lord. The third way that we can bring hope, you know, looking at Ezekiel. 37, a way that we could bring hope to the overlooked is living in the fear of God and not the fear of man. Living in the fear of God and not the fear of man. This prophecy, uh, it was very, again, I skipped some parts of it. If you read the whole thing, it's, it's, it addresses several realities in that day. Israel's currently in political arrest. They're in captivity. And Ezekiel's prophesying the word of the Lord. But when he's prophesying this, we have to understand he's speaking against the rulers of that day at the same time. He's declaring God's word, but he's speaking against the kingdom that's currently in power. We have to remember that the gift of prophecy in that day is a, was a gift to the church, but it was a gift purpose to edify and encourage God's people. So the government oppressing God's people, they're not going to be like, oh, there's going to be freedom happening to these captives that we have. That's just excellent news, right? They're not going to be excited to hear this. But Ezekiel had to choose. Am I going to fear God or am I going to fear man? Because the reality is, right, he could have been put to death for saying that, right? This is a, a challenge of him speaking this. And I want to say, too, that phrase, fear God, sometimes it, it, it can be confusing. I know to me, when I was learning about this and studying, like, man, fear God. Like, if perfect love cast out fear, why would God want us to fear him? Why, do, why, why, why should we have to walk out in fear? And I have to constantly remind myself, the Bible was written in Hebrew and in Greek and, the tra and translated into English and many other languages later. And so when you look at that word, when you translate it correctly, that, fear, that word fear is translated as reverence, morally, exceedingly, or dreadful. My family, we love to go kayaking. Like it's just one of the funnest things that we like to do here in Orlando and just across the state of Florida. And as anybody knows, if you're by the springs or even by lakes sometimes, you will find these lovely big lizards called alligators, right? And um, for, 
for, for, some, for a lot of my friends, we'll invite them. Oh, you guys want to come to the Springs? It's so fun. Kayaking so amazing. It's so beautiful. We see God in creation. And they're like, oh, cool. Is there alligators there? And we're like, yeah, they are there. They're like, yeah, no, it's a deal breaker. It ain't happening. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be around those alligators. And we're like, what? And so for me, I'm like, we, we, we've gone hundreds of times swimming in the water, kayaking in the water. We see these things. Sometimes they're four foot away from us, right? And these, great, these gators, they're not really aggressive creatures, and I like to put it this way. My family, we don't fear them, but we fear them. So we aren't scared to be close to them, but we understand the power and strength that these gators have that we reverence them. We don't interact with an alligator the same way that we would interact with a cat or a dog. You know, we're not going to try to socialize an alligator. We, we totally understand these are majestic creatures and they're to be respected. In the same way, God is great. He is majestic. His wisdom, his glory, and his strength is unmatched. The prophet Ezekiel, he's choosing to submit to the majesty and matchless strength of God than to reverence man. Proverbs expresses how the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. This is the type of fear that, oh, that I'm talking about, this reverence, holy reverence to say, man, I'm going to choose God over the fear of man, right? Even if it means speaking the word of the Lord, declaring the gospel, the goodness of who he is. Um, a few years ago, I wrote this song. Um, you can find it on YouTube. I did an acoustic version of it. It's called Hope for the Hopeless. And um, I'm just, I wanted to read the lyrics. It's kind of under the inspiration of the Lord and just part of my testimony and just things that I've experienced. It's really simple. It says hope. It's a word that nobody wants to know. They would rather be left alone trying to figure out what we're here for. If I can open up your eyes, would you give another try for hope? Faith, it's a word that everybody claims, but there's confusion with the many ways that often lead to bitter paths full of faith-filled mistakes. If I can open up your eyes, would you give another try for faith? Because there is one who saves, and Jesus made a way. And through my darkest days, I will say, all my hope, all my faith is in Jesus, is in Jesus. And I end the song by singing, hold on, hold on, hold on to hope. This is powerful when you think about this. Again, one of my favorite books that I love to share to the students and as well, I think I said it a few times that I spoke um, on a Sunday, is the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus' teaching, Matthews 5, 6, and 7. And I love in chapter five, Jesus says, you are the light of the world, right? That's not what men says of us, but Jesus, the son of God, the king of kings, he says, you are the light of the world. There's a, a, a dying world out there. And I, I wanna say again, uh, I, I come from a, a Catholic background, right? So somebody was bold enough to step up and say, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, do you know? what Jesus did for you. Someone was bold enough to step out, right? To, to, be, to be obedient, to partner with God's heart and share truth, regardless of how I may respond or how I may react, right? And my eyes were open and, and the, the gospel, the power of the gospel was made known. And for me, this is something I, I believe that even as we're continuing this series, I'm not fine. Right? Even many, many of us, we could be on the different side of this. We could be individuals who feel overlooked. 
right? Or we could be individuals who are like, man, this is, you know, I've gone through churches, I've been through different ministries, and you know what, I've experienced a lot of things that says, you know what, this is not, if this is God, I don't want it. If this is God's people, I don't want it, right? But I believe, similar to the songs that we're singing, that there's, a, there's an army rising up. There's a, a, a God who is moving on our behalf, who just even, like in the story of Moses, it's one of my, my favorite, it's, real, it's a real short, brief statement, right? And then you, we see that everybody marvels at the miracles, everybody marvels at the signs, the amazing things, ways that God uses Moses. But when you, when you read the story, it says this. It says God's people were, were in slavery and captivity for 300 years. And it says God heard the cries of his people. So he raised up a deliverer. God is raising up deliverers. I believe even as us, we're believing that God not only uh, picked this area, but he planted us here to reach the Horizon West area, to reach the cities around us. That truly we would be a people of good friends, doing good works, sharing good news. This is the hope for the overlooked. Even us, right, begin to, to wrestle and begin to have these conversations with the Lord. That, like I was talking about, the communion, where God, we could feel that whisper from God saying, can these bones live? Or maybe he's even saying that to ourselves, right? When we look in the mirror, we feel like dry bones. We feel worn down. I'm like, man, I, don't, I feel hopeless. But it was God's people who were hopeless in Ezekiel 37. It wasn't just a random group. God's people felt hopeless. But breath came. Life came. And God was faithful to his word. I want to begin to close in prayer. And just as we're praying and we end out in worship, just begin to have that, that intimate conversation with the Lord, right? Begin to share those thoughts with a God who cares for us, who's concerned about us, who, who, who is raising up, like we said, we're raising up an army of, of shepherds who are after his heart. If you just want to bow our heads, we're going to pray together. God, I thank you, Lord, that as your word says, Lord, you leave the 99 for the one. No one is overlooked by you, God. You see us in all stages of our life, all phases in our journey with you, God, and you care intimately for us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would be a community that partners with your heart, God, that we would walk in simple obedience to your truth. God, that we would reverence the word of the Lord and we would stand no matter the cost. God, I ask, Lord, that you would begin to give us grace by your spirit and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.